Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're going Halloween music, Marcos, for Scary Terry? Scary Terry! (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. Tobin and Leroy here with U560 WQAM. Miami Heat finally making a significant trade. You know, finally doing some roster changes. Spicing things up around here, Leroy. Let's uh, talk about it with our guy, Wes Goldberg from Locked On Heat. He joins us on the Toyota of Hollywood guest line. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest shows. The Toyota of, uh, Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. You can watch, listen to Wes Goldberg on the Locked On Heat podcast on YouTube, uh, on every podcast platform. Him and Dave Vermeil, their boots on the ground. They do a great job covering the heat every single day. And we always like when he uh, stops by on the program. What's, what's going on, man? Where are you? What's up, Wes? What's going on? That's like, what are you in a cabin? You got some nice uh, wood panel going on there? Just one wood panel just to make it look like I'm in a cabin. I like it. I like yeah. it, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Smoke some mirrors. What is uh what was your reaction yesterday? I think we all kind of felt like the Kyle Lowry thing was going to have some kind of a conclusion, but them actually pulling the trigger, you know, it still was like, oh, finally, because we've uh, been dealing in, in Tradeville, trade fodderville for a long time. So your reaction to the deal and it uh and it going down yesterday. You know what? I was it was one of those things where even when you expect it, it's kind of surprising when it happens. Right. I mean, the Kyle Lowry thing had clearly run its course. He had lost a starting job. Uh, It kind of felt like the team was looking for any excuse to kind of pull him from the starting lineup. The production was down. He literally ranked last in the league among starting point guards in points per game, shot attempts per game and assists per game. Um, And, you know, he's 37 years old on an expiring contract. You kind of combine all those things. And the fact that Miami is sort of operating uh, with a limited championship window and it made sense that they were going to try and shop him. And then the, the Terry Rozier thing always made sense, too. Charlotte's going nowhere fast. They stink. They have no reason to hold on to Terry Rozier. He's a good player. You move him. You get an expiring contract and a draft pick back for Charlotte. Um, we had heard the Terry Rozier stuff, and we had talked about it on Lockdown Heat. Like, this is sort of the guy that makes sense. And then you start actually hearing about, oh, the Heat are actually looking at Terry Rozier because they think he's a fit. And up until I would say the night before, even at the heat gala, I was hearing stuff like they're really kind of kicking the tires on, on Terry Rozier. And this thing could happen sooner rather than later. And then of course, you know, the next morning it all goes down. So my question is this, every time you add a new dynamic, and I think Kyle Lowry went through this, Kyle Lowry put up more shots and was more active when Jimmy or Tyler were out. 
And when they were playing, he tried to facilitate, which is against everything that the Heat believe in. They believe everybody go get their shot. When you don't have your shot, somebody else will be open. But you always push that envelope. What's going to happen when Terry gets here and now you got Tyler, Bam, Jimmy, and Terry? Are we going to be in the same boat like everybody's going to try to – you know, sit back and let the other guy eat because in effect you're in the same boat with a better player. Right. It's going to be clunky at first. I don't, I don't think anybody expects this thing to be smooth right away. And you've got to try to figure out how to get those four guys that you were just talking about Leroy on the court at the same time for as many minutes as possible now so that they can iron out some of those kinks. But Jimmy doesn't want to be taking a bunch of shots. Right. Bam is probably taking too many shots right now. And and I think his defense has slipped a little bit from maybe you know, top five guy in the league to maybe top 10, but he could not take as many shots and maybe put even more energy in on the defensive end and kind of go for this defensive player of the year award that he wants so badly. So I think all of this is going to be good. If Terry Rozier kind of takes more off of those guys' plates, Jimmy Butler could be more of a two-way presence. Bam Adebayo could be more of a two-way presence and be maybe a little bit more efficient and not have to force as many shots as he does, especially late in shot clocks lately. It's been a lot of him trying to bail out the offense. If you have another guy who's able to uh, run, pick, and roll, and Terry Rozier, this is like a synergy sports stat, is like the second highest rated pick and roll handler in the NBA this season. Like he is a good pick and roll player. You put him... And he was doing that with a bunch of like no-name guys in Charlotte, like Nick Richards and stuff. You put him with maybe the best screen setter in the NBA and Bam Adebayo, one of the best role guys in the NBA, like that pick-and-roll attack could be deadly. And then, of course, you're talking about what happens with Tyler Hero. I think Spo will stagger Rozier and Tyler Hero in their minutes so that one of them is always on the court and they're probably not sharing the court as much together. But when Rozier and Tyler Hero do play together, maybe that puts Tyler Hero off the ball a little bit more. And Tyler Hero was even talking about this at practice yesterday about how you know, both him and Terry Rozier can operate on the ball. They can operate off the ball. So they're going to have to figure out sort of the best chemistry of all those things. But that's why you do that trade now as opposed right. to waiting all the way until February 8th. Is so you get your guys as much time as possible to figure these things out. How just how desperate do you think they were, Wes, just to get some kind of offensive punch? Because we know that the franchise's identity is defense, but you see every night just the crazy scoring you got to be able to keep up. Like you can't, you can't go and 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 win these these body blow contests every single night. You're gonna you're gonna wear out, and there's gonna be a night where some team just get hot anyway. So just the idea that they kind of had to get with the times a little bit with uh with their roster. Do you think that that was a, an important factor in making a move like this? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this team was 20th on offense. They stunk like they couldn't score. This is a team that was going, what, six of eight games without cracking 100 points or something like that. This team had a hard time scoring. And even when they did score, it wasn't the most efficient shots. This team is so reliant on mid-range jumpers and the three-pointer. They barely get to the rim. And that was the reason why I think Terry Rozier was such a good fit for them. Terry Rozier takes four and a half shots at the basket within the restricted area. Not these cute like foul line jumpers or sort of in the paint at the basket. He gets four and a half attempts at the basket per game this year. That's twice what Tyler Hero gets. It's f- more than four times what Kyle Lowry was averaging. It's the equivalent of adding sort of another Jimmy Butler and a Bam Adebayo into the offense in terms of what they get at the rim. And I think that rim pressure is so important because we already see what Jimmy and Bam can do from a rim pressure standpoint. They get to the basket and what do they do? They either score, they get fouled, or they kick out to those three-point shooters. Terry Rozier is going to help that drive that uh, formula on offense. And by the way, we have sort of seen Eric Spolstra 
acknowledge that this team needs to get better offensively. A lot of the lineups that he's been playing have been leaning more offense. Nikola Jovic starting 10 games. You're not doing that for defense, man. You're doing that for offense. Uh, playing Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson more often together. I know some injuries are, are a factor here, but he has been more willing over about the, the last year and a half to play those guys together more despite some of the defensive shortcomings that they have. In today's NBA, it's actually more important to be a top 10 offense than it is to be a top 10 10 defense. We're starting to see that trend. The Denver Nuggets last year, the Milwaukee Bucks the year before that, the Phoenix Suns got to the NBA Finals with a similar formula. You have to basically be top 10 in defense or in offense and be kind of in the top 12 to 13 defensively. Miami's 10th in defensive rating. They were 20th on offensive rating. They just had to get better. That, that's because of the three-point shot, right? Everybody shoots the ball so well from outside. You can't just hunker down and play defense because somebody will just take a 30-footer. Yeah, and, and teams <laughs> come back now, too. I mean, you can, you can hold a team to 90 points until three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the next thing you know, because of that three-point shot, they can make four three-pointers in a row, and boom, you've just given up 100-plus points in that game. So, you know, leads aren't safe. And the other thing, too, is that a lot of these top 10 offenses have – guys who can score easy buckets, you know, whether it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, like Nikola Jokic. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Godoncic, like all these guys are just big and strong and can just get their shots. The Heat don't really have that guy. Like Jimmy Butler can sort of be that guy in the postseason, but even then he's sort of muscling his way into shots. I wouldn't consider any of Jimmy Butler's shot making in the playoffs as much as it is easy, right? They don't really have an easy shot creator, and that's why I think their offense tends to struggle and rely on some of those more inefficient spots like in the mid-range. But um, it's, it's so also, if you're – go ahead. Yeah, it's also with Jimmy, it's such a strange thing. I was looking at this yesterday. We were like looking at all the crazy scoring numbers, and like Jimmy's – like if you go to his postseason record – 13 out of his top 15 are with the heat. Do you know, like out of his regular season two, like he's never scored 40 in the regular season with the heat. It's weird. And you need, I'm all for, Hey, we can do it against anybody and take the play in. And that's great. But who wouldn't want it to be a little easier if you can make right. your path a little bit easier? I mean, like, I mean, you, you don't have Joel to read scoring 70 this. points the other night. Carl Anthony Towns had 62 in a loss. Like, you have people routinely scoring 30, 40 points per game. You have multiple players averaging 30 or close to it this season. The Heat don't even come close to that. And I always say this about Jimmy Butler. He, the Heat have a postseason superstar. They do not have a regular season superstar. And you look at the top teams in the league and they have regular season superstars. So if you don't have, and you know, that's whatever, that's the Jimmy Butler way. That's his strategy. He's going to hold it until the playoffs, but you need to win games in the regular season. 
right? You have to get into the playoffs. You don't want to be in the play-in mix. you got to try to get some uh, home court advantage, maybe a top four seed in the East. So if you're not going to get that superstar, which we know that he'd have been looking for, right? Whether it was Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, whatever, Damian Lillard, obviously. They couldn't get those guys. All right, well, if we're not going to get that guy, then let's just have a bunch of different guys who might be able to go off for 30-plus points on any given night. If we're not going to be able to rely on one, can we just sort of increase our variance with a Terry Rozier in addition to Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler? Those three guys can go off for 30. Kyle Lowry wasn't ever going off for 30 points again, right? We've already seen his last 30-point game. Terry Rozier could go off for 30 points in multiple games for the rest of the season, and so I think that's sort of the bet. We were wondering this, Wes, because we were talking about the 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 connection of Jimmy Bam and Tyler. For them being together for five seasons, seems way more clunky than it should have been. And it feels like it's gotten clunkier. Like I feel like Bam and and Tyler used to have a little something together. I don't know. It just seems more of a mess this year. Do you feel like adding Terry and you know maybe getting Jaime back will fix that, or do you think that the Heat are looking at these next couple of weeks and? You know, Tyler's kind of the guy you got to keep your eye on because they're not getting rid of Jimmy. They're not getting rid of Bam. Do you think there's still a a a, a big shuffle this team could make knowing that, you know, if this seems like what it is where like these guys just aren't in this this uh, this kind of synergy together, that maybe we got to blow something up there, too, with uh, with our stars? Or do you think that they're going to give them one run this year and, and, and see where it's at? Because it's a big year for Tyler to, to prove that he can be a playoff player. They're going to give him one more run. They're going to give him one more run. We'll see these guys in the playoffs all together uh, trying to get it. But I think also part of the clunkiness, and you're absolutely right, It's they've been trying to work in some of these other players. Like you're working in Nikola Jovic here. You're, you're kind of playing four on five a lot when Kyle Lowry was on the court. Even if, it, even if you're four where Bam, Tyler, Jimmy, and, and somebody else, it's really hard to function offensively. You look at some of this pick and roll stuff, even with Tyler and Bam, if they run pick and roll, everybody's crashing the paint. That's why it also kind of looks clunky. This, had, this team had no room to operate because Kyle Lowry was a non-threat on offense, and that's why he ultimately ended up going to the bench. You need to have people who are threats to kind of space out the floor and stuff. So when I, I think there's going to be a domino effect with the Terra Rozier signing here because it gives extra ball handling. You're not forcing Josh Richardson to play out of position as a, as a quote-unquote point guard. So he could play off the ball a little bit more, get into those catch and shoot attempts. You're not worried; like uh, opponents aren't going to be able to play off of Kyle Lowry. You have to respect Terry Rozier across the three point arc. You have to do all these things. And I think that's going to create space for everybody else. And I don't think that you necessarily need to have Nikola Jovic start anymore because of what he brings offensively. You can almost lean defense there. Go Haywood Highsmith again at the four spot. Have him space the floor from the corners, and then you're just it's less. Hey, we need Nico to get his touches. We need Lowry to kind of do some stuff over here. How can we function Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo together? When does Jimmy Butler want to take over? When do we need to let Jaime Hakez cook? And all these things. If you're less worried about all those kind of other pieces, then you can kind of start to find some chemistry. I just think that they've been trying to work through the other options, and they didn't really focus so much on the thing that they already know, which is Bam and Tyler can run pick and roll together. We're not worried about that. Jimmy Butler is going to take over in the postseason. We're not worried about that. But what are these other things? And I think they just got to figure out the answers to those other things. And then they can re- kind of refocus everything onto where their best actions are offensively. Is a lot of this because they were playing four on five. You started seeing a lot of other guys trying to be aggressive and get the ball in the paint. So Dunks has gotten that, that game. And we almost lost a lot of the three-point shooting because guys were trying to be aggressive and get to the rim and create fouls and stuff like that when they should be shooting threes. You know, like me and Tobin had this conversation earlier. Listen, I, I love the fact that 
that Dunks has, has opened up his bag a little bit and, and got, you know, and expanded on his game. But you are a three-point shooter. Right. Right. And 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 he can't do that because, you know, nobody's following. When he's not making threes, it looks even worse offensively. And so he developed other things so that when he wasn't making threes, he could still play. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this all along. I thought like, okay, cool, you can make a layup now. That's cute and it's great. And I think it helps when guys close out hard on you. But you're above average at, as a layup maker, as a driver. You're elite. You're top 1% in the league at making threes. We need you doing the thing that you're the best in the league at versus you know doing the thing that you're okay at more often than not. And I did think that he was trying to maybe – I thought the layups were there – but sometimes I'd rather just have like a contested three-pointer from Duncan Robinson than an open layup, as crazy as that sounds. Because like you were saying, you need to hit a threshold of three-point shot attempts per game. Miami is top five in the league in three-point percentage or have been for most of the year. Uh, but they're kind of in the middle of the pack in they terms don't shoot of a field lot goal of- attempts. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Get more of them up. Get more of them up. I would trust a contested three-pointer from Duncan Robinson. Give me three of those a game. I have no problem with that. There's a reason why the coaching staff has given him the green light. Now, obviously, if, if the, the layups are there, you know, you got to attack it. But you can't fall in love with it in a weird way if you're Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson also knows this. He doesn't take mid-range shots because he knows Tyler, Jimmy, and Bam are eating up the mid-range shots. So he knows if I'm taking those mid-range shots, I've talked to him about this, like, He's like, if I'm taking them, then we're just even more inefficient. I can only do at the basket, and I can only take shots uh, from three-point range. And I think more players kind of have to figure that part out. But also, when the stuff at the rim is there, they have to take it. The other night against Toronto, they no Jakoperto, no Pascal Siakam, and that team just fell in love with the three-point shot, even though it wasn't falling. Sometimes you also just got to say, you know what, the heck with the three-pointer. If we have those drives at the basket available, we got to force the issue. The one thing that this team can't fall in love with are the long two-pointers. That's the thing that they can't fall in love with, and they have to work through that and try to move some of that stuff out of the offense and replace some of those shots with either threes or shots at the basket. Before we get you out of here, Wes, uh, what what the hell was your reaction to the Milwaukee Bucks firing their coach? <laughs> uh, like, again, sort of with the Kyle Lowry thing. Kind of expected it to happen eventually, but a little surprised that it happened now, right? And so... Look, Adrian Griffin was never the guy. He never made sense for them. Um, he was a rookie coach trying to coach a, a championship contending team. And as soon as Giannis was out, man, he's pulling the LeBron James playbook, isn't he? Like, he's like, as soon as I'm out, he's out. As soon as I'm not buying in, that guy's fired. So we'll see if Doc Rivers can can write the ship for them. But, you know, based on what we've seen earlier this season, I know the record was good, but that team was discombobulated. They weren't locked they were in defensively. They were getting scored on. So, I mean, I've never tra- – they, they give up 125. One, they got to score 140 to win. And a lot of people would pin it on, well, you lost Drew Holiday and replaced him with Damian Lillard. Okay, yeah, that's going to drop your defensive rating, obviously. But when you're not even getting back in transition, that's not a personnel issue. That's a coaching issue. That You know, like if you're not getting back in transition, you're not boxing out, rebounding. Like if you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez, you should still be an elite – and Bobby Portis, you should be an elite rebounding team. And they weren't. So they just weren't they weren't locked in. They weren't buying in. And I think that's why they think Doc Rivers is going to work is because the idea, at least, is he can get them to buy in. And they weren't buying in under Adrian Griffin. He's Wes Goldberg, Locked On He. Go check him and David Meal out. Their podcast is fantastic on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Locked On He, you can get it on the Odyssey app as well. Appreciate the time, Wes. Thanks uh, for the time, man. Thanks, Appreciate Wes. it. Thanks, guys. There you go. We'll take a quick break. Our Tua coming up next. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.